Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith and how the two come together in lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Pastor, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Mike. Good to be with you today. Hey, so, um, you know, Tom Roy has been a great friend of this show. He's mm-hmm. helped us out with a number of, of, of really impressive guests. And uh, this guest, Tom, this is a guy that Tom sent me uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, um, Pastor, do you believe that I can probably take a guy who's a black belt in Taekwondo? Probably, no, I would no. probably just whoop him, right? No. I would, yeah. No. no, he's second in the world championships, Taekwondo. You don't think I could take him? No. Man, come on now. No. You haven't, well, you've seen me angry. You saw me last week <laughs> angry. <laughs> you saw me a- angry last week. I'm 100% Irish. We're fighters, us Irish boys. I- I'm not saying that you wouldn't give it a shot, and I'm not saying that, that you wouldn't, uh, you would quit. Or you wouldn't keep coming after uh, someone no. like Joe, but no, you're not going to take him. Trust me. I know this. You know this. But we want Joe to be afraid of me, maybe. That's <laughs> what I'm thinking. Yeah. Let me tell you a little bit about our special guest. So he is visually impaired. He's legally blind. He's a runner. He's an athlete. He is a uh, he's a long-distance guy, and he's a marathon and Ironman guy. Over a thousand jumps as a skydiver. He's a business owner. He's got a lot going on. And every once in a while, we get a little crabby about our life and, you know, a car cut us off or whatever it is. This guy, man, it, it, we're going to get into a number of things that he does. And one of the uh, one of the things that he, he has done is he is a triathlon competitor, the old Ironman thing. And he just keeps going, man. He's I listened to a podcast with him. He is an impressive man, and we're so blessed to get an hour with him, Joe Seacrest. Hey, Joe, how you doing today? Great, great, man. We were. I appreciate your time. So you know, me talking a little smack. You're not getting to Milwaukee anytime soon, are you? Well, I would always look under your car before you. Get it. <laughs> hey, well, then, then that is the Irish way now, isn't it? There, there it is. Hey, Joe, um, let's talk a little bit about your background and and where you grew up and and where you went to school, things like that. Um, I live in a little town um, in Indiana called Mintone, uh, town of about a thousand people. Um, grew up there. Went to the local um, school system. Through the seventh grade, when I got into the eighth grade, I went off to the School for the Blind in Indianapolis, 
where I went through eighth grade through graduated from there and then went on from there to Indiana University. And when when you were in, in sixth and seventh grade and, and listening and reading uh, some things on you, is is that when when um, the eyesight got bad enough that that you ha- that you ended up going to the school for the blind? Actually, it was bad from the from the very beginning, but we tried to muddle our way through. The school system tried to do things that they thought were were best for me. Um, academically, I did okay through school. I mean, I struggled, but the kind of deciding factor was the school became very afraid of me getting involved in a lot of extracurricular things, sports, things like that, which is what I really wanted to get involved in. So it was kind of made the best decision might be to go off someplace else where I would have that freedom. Uh, Joe, uh, what what sport was it when you were growing up that you just really wanted to participate in? I mean, you, you have a variety here of of sporting activities that you have succeeded at very well. But what what one sport did you did you really like? Man, I want to do that. Oh, I really wanted to play football. Um, unfortunately that, you know, that just wasn't a practical thing. And again, with their fears of me getting hurt, uh, it kind of eliminated that. I had no interest in the sports that I actually ended up doing. <laughs> well, and, and you've done a lot and we're going to talk about those, uh, through, throughout the show, um, was going to, going to the school for the blind. That was a good move for you. And were you able to then participate in, in some of the things that you were looking to participate in? Yeah, I immediately, when I went there, immediately started in um, in track, uh, got very, very involved in that very quickly. I wrestled all through school, swam all through school, um, was high involved in speech competition, um, then got into long distance running. So yeah, everything that I, you know, really kind of wanted to do then at that point, I was able to do. Hey, Joe, I work with uh, with a guy here at uh, 105.7 FM, the fan. His name's Tim Allen. And, and Tim fills in on air shifts, and he does. He's been doing our, our Brewer post game shows um, for I don't know twelve, thirteen years, something like that. And there, there was a a school here, the Badger uh, School for the Blind, and they have now switched. Uh, their, they've changed their name, but I, I went there to talk to their marketing person about a possible endorsement. For Tim Allen, and I walked into the the sales meeting, and I sat down, and she said, "You know, you got uh, you caused a big argument between my husband and I this morning." And I said, "I did. I didn't do anything. Are you kidding?" And she started to laugh. She said, "He listens to Tim Allen. He listens to the Brewer Post game all the time. He said he's not blind." I said, "He's not." She said, "That's what my husband said." I said, "Well, I'm telling you, I work with him every day this time of year." And uh, he is. And she said, can we call him? I said, of course. So we called her husband, put him on speakerphone and said, hey, Mike McGivern's in, in, uh, in my, my room here. And, and uh, he wants to tell you about Tim Allen. And I said, you know, he's blind, right? And he goes, he, there's no way. And I said, I'm telling you. She, he said, he sees the game way better than most. And I said, he does. He's really good at what he does. And he goes out to Miller Park four, five, six times a year and he goes out and he and he listens and he smells and he, you know what? And he comes back and he listens to the game on a transistor radio and he sees the game way better than most. And the, the impressive part for me is to watch him on the air because he's able to, somebody's in his ear telling him stats and lineups and things like that. And he's just, he's a lead singer in a band. He's, 
he has he does more with his life similar to you, Joe, than than a lot of people do. And it, it's amazing to me the drive that he has. And and I'll say, Tim, you know, when people ask me, he said, "Tell him it's okay." Yeah, you tell him. Here's what happened, and and I got you know I had eyesight when I was a child, and I remember a lot of it. Colors, not so much, but it's just really impressive. And I and I said I have a lot of questions for you. He said like what? I said how do you know if it's salt or pepper? He goes I put salt in one container and pepper in another. Really? You got to have better questions than that. And I asked him a lot of questions that I think maybe if I didn't have a friendship with him that I might be uncomfortable asking. I said, how come? How do, how do you know that your clothes are always color-coordinated? He said, well, I got a tag on the back here, Mike. Let me show you. And so it, just a lot of questions that I think maybe some people might just basic questions have. Are, have people come to you and asked you some of these questions? Um, from time to time, for me, because I do have some vision, a lot of people don't even realize I have a vision problem. Uh, I, I'm pretty good at faking my way through through a lot of life, you know, that way. Well, you and I are twins. So am I. <laughs> you know, it's so am I as a sales guy here. I fake, fake my way through life a lot. Um, I, I, I read a bunch of stuff about you being a skydiver. Um, can we talk a little bit about that part? Did you remember the first three or four times you jumped out of a plane and the fear factor with that? You know, I um, it, it was interesting. The airport's only about two miles from my house where I learned to jump. And I never really wanted to do it. And went over there one day, started watching them, and decided, well, you know, I, I'll give that a chance. That's how, you know, I'm, I'm an adrenaline junkie anyways, and I thought that, that'd be something cool to do. Um, strange enough, there wasn't a lot of fear. You know, um, you went through a lot of really good training and things. And my, my biggest fear probably wasn't the actually jumping out of the airplane it was once the parachute was open okay am i, am I going to be able to see exactly where i'm going um and how the landing was going to be um but reality i mean it worked out very well had no problems at all and you know it went on to be somewhat of a career for a while hey, hey joe were you tethered with someone when you made that first jump or were you just solo out there by yourself yeah, well, I was I was hooked to the airplane, so as I when I fell away from the airplane, the parachute automatically opened. Okay, but at that point, then I'm on my own. And and you then would be the guy that would that that people in their first jump at times would tether to you, correct? I would I would I was became a jump master. Then later on, where I was one telling people to get out of the airplane. Yeah. And and would you let people know that that at that point you were visually impaired, or is that when you would be faking it? I would fake it. Yeah, they they would never know. Uh, I instructed classes. Nobody ever knew that as far as my students were concerned. Um, now, in the background, you know, all my friends there and uh, people that I worked with, you know, I, I was the blind guy. And um, so, you know, when no students were around, I mean, that's how they talked to me about me. I, I was the blind guy. <laughs> hey, Joe, I got I to gotta just ask you this and, and mention this to you. I would be, I don't know what you charge for, for that, but I would pay for Mike McGivern to go down to Indiana, get on that plane with you, and and jump out. I mean, I you know what that would that I mean I think people I I would easily pay for it because people would want to see it happen. I've I've done it four times. Have you really? No. 
I'm, I'm completely <laughs> lying. And you're not supposed to lie on, on Faith and Zoe, but I was going to fake it. I was going to tell the whole story, but I thought maybe I better not. Yeah, well, yeah. when I was saying it, I, I thought you had fear in your eyes right hey, then. I tell you what, man, Joe, if, if you'd go back, because I, I don't think you do that much anymore, if you'd be willing, I'd, I'll t- I'll take that money from Pastor. I mean, I'll, 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 I'll tell you, the, the thing to do would be to meet up by um, Chicago, yeah. a great place up there, and we can go and... Um, you know, we'll, we'll actually harness you to somebody and um, throw you out of the airplane, hook, hook, actually hook to somebody. Yeah, all I, I, I would love to see it. Well, let's yeah. talk cash. We'll do yeah. it during we'll, when we get to a break. Are you kidding me? I can be bought really easily, Joe. That's the way. That's the way I am. When you know, sometimes sales get a little tough. If I got to jump out of a plane he, he and make my number, he would be mad at me the whole time he's up in the plane. I guarantee you. Yeah, well, but when I landed and took that money, I'd be happy. I can tell you that. There you go. Our special guest today, he's Joe Seacrest, living in a small town, Indiana. He's visually impaired, and he is quite the athlete. He's got a great testimony. Um, hey, Joe, wait, we got a couple of minutes before we get to a break. When when you are getting involved in in these Ironman and triathlons and things like that, do you always do you have somebody with you for those? Yeah, when when I first started, when I got into running, I mean, I was running on my own. And I typically have no problems with most races that I do. Um, I have made a wrong turn on a course before, um, but so does other people. I mean, I, that's, you know, that happens. When I started looking at triathlons, my biggest fear was the bike part. Um, you know, biking at, you know, 20 plus mile an hour, a lot of things can come up very quickly. Um, other people are around you and it just wasn't going to be something that was going to be safe. So, I initially worked with a with a group, a local group, and they found me a, a guide to do the biking part. And so we practiced. We borrowed a, a tandem bike, and we practiced a few times. Thought, okay, we're we're good. And went to the my first triathlon uh, two years ago. Uh, started got ready for the swimming part, which is first is a quarter mile swim, kind of out and back. Uh, I took off with, with a group. Of people, um, they they actually were pulling boats um, with people with disabilities in them, people that couldn't swim and things. They were pulling the boats, and I was going to swim with them um, out and back, and then I would join up with the person riding the bike. Well, it became quite interesting because we went out okay. That wasn't a problem, although they were much faster swimmers than I was. So going out wasn't a problem. Um, I turned around the last buoy to come back, and immediately everything got washed out by the sun. And I couldn't see a thing. I'm I'm looking straight into the sun, and couldn't see the shore. Couldn't see the umbrellas on the shore. Cause that's one thing they said was when I when I get to the to the farthest point when I turn around to come back is start looking for the umbrellas and just go swim straight towards the umbrellas. Well, that's great. Other than the fact, I couldn't see the umbrellas. Um, <laughs> I couldn't see a thing. And. For a second, I stopped, and it's like, okay, what do I do? And I would swim a little bit and then try to listen, and again, I, I, everything was just totally washed out. Fortunately, the, the safety crew uh, realized something was wrong, and they paddled over by me, asked me if I was okay. I said, yeah, I just can't see a thing where I'm swimming to. And so they actually started giving me directions, um, left, right, straight, and helped me finish the, the leg of the swim. I uh, got to the shore. Went to the transition, got on the bike with my with my biking partner at the time, took off on that, um, rode the, I think it was a 16-mile bike course for that particular race, 
finished that, hopped off, um, took off on the run, and finished the race. As soon as we got done, the first thing I said was, if I do this again, we've got to have some major changes because I'm not getting lost in the water again. Man, that's... Yeah, that, that, would be, that would be unnerving. Yeah, it, it, I'm, I'm not a strong swimmer to start with, and so being out there and not knowing which direction to go was, yeah, it, good. It, it, it stressed me a little bit. Hey, Pastor, um, we're going to get to a break, but on his Facebook um, a couple of weeks ago, he, he received notification naming him as an Ironman All-World Athlete, ending 2019 eighth in the United States and 16th in the world. And Joe's quote, I better work a little harder for this next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking, 15th loser. <laughs> yeah, 15th loser. That, mm-hmm. that's, that's awesome. We're going to continue our conversation, and I have to tell you, this is a really impressive man. And he's done a lot of things in his life. He's got a lot of things to do. We're going to talk to him in the second segment about his faith and and how it's affected his life. And we'll talk a little bit about his testimony. And I know because, again, Tom Roy gave me a little bit of a heads up. He he came to his faith in his pastor's office, Pastor Ken. That sounds like you. Similar to me. And we'll talk to him about that again. He is Joe Seacrest, our special guest here on Faith in the Zone, and he'll be with us for the entire hour. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone, discovering people of sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Mike McGivern alongside my friend. He is Pastor Ken Keltner, Brookside Baptist Church. Don't, I tell you, one day we should we should just tape what goes on during the break. Don't you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's wonderful. I love it. Man, you come across during the show as just this love, you know, man, shake hands, kiss babies kind of guy. During oh, yeah. the break, though, you're tough. Oh, no, I'm not. I, man, Mike, I just <laughs> am just in love and life. And joint. Mike, thanks for all you do and oh. everything you're setting up with it. You, you know just, what's great? You do a wonderful job. Joe Seacrest heard the whole thing during the break. <laughs> and Joe Seacrest is a man of his word, so we won't get into our special guest, Joe Seacrest, again. He's visually impaired. And he is—he's uh, a business owner. He's a guy that's jumped out of an airplane over a thousand times. He's a, a black belt in taekwondo. He uh, second in world championships. And I loved when it, when I listened to the podcast with Tom Roy when he said, "Hey, look." The way I got beat in the finals, I decided I didn't want to do this anymore. And uh, we may get to that in the third or fourth segment. But uh, certainly, Pastor, segment two for us is our favorite. It is our favorite. And, Joe, that's uh, really what Faith in the Zone is all about. We love talking sports and accomplishments that our guests have have been able to, to, to see done in their lives and accomplish. But uh, the, the aspect that we both, Mike and I, love, and really I think our listeners uh, because so many people have questions about, hey, what happens after this life? I mean, is this all that's that it is, and then I'm just I'm done? And so we love hearing how the journey of faith uh, through our, through our Lord began in your life. And so, just share with us your own testimony of uh, how your faith and your journey began there, Joe. 
Well, you know, it was really a struggle for a long, long time. I grew up in a um, in small town, um, small Baptist church that um, was very scary. Is when I was young, I would sit in the front of the church, uh, first or second row of the church, and all I could imagine is, you know, listening to the pastor that, you know, I'm I'm going to be struck down. I'm um, I'm evil. All these things and. Um, you know, as a young kid, it, it can get very scary at times. Uh-huh. Um, you know, again, grew up, though, going to church every Sunday, not totally understanding a lot about it. You know, at, at that time, you know, where I was, here, where I'm from, it was just more about going to church and, and somewhat, again, scaring, you know, younger people into believing, mm-hmm. which isn't the best way of going, but it's, it's not uncommon. Uh, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, when I went off to school— Things really changed in my life a lot. Um, I was I was abused for years, um, for about four years while I was in high school. Um, sexually ab- assaulted, sexually abused for four years, which obviously then really put a mess with my mind. Mm-hmm. It's like, and I questioned a lot, even though I was still going to church every Sunday, and questioning though every Sunday, why am I here? Because we have such an evil God that would allow this to happen to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, not understanding what all this was about. And when I got out of, I got out of high school, I, you know, I believed, I mean, you know, strangely enough, even though the things that were happening to me and a lot of questions, I still believed that, you know, there was a higher power, you know, that, that you know, God is our, you know, is our God. And, you know, I believed in Jesus and, and understood you know, how to go to heaven, and, you know, I understood all the basics, mm-hmm. but had a lot of questions. And, you know, nobody really could answer those questions. Uh, when I was in college, I, you know, talked to different people, explored several different um, types of religion. Um, I, I told Tom Roy that um, when I was in college, basically whatever kind of girl I was dating at the time was, was the religion I became, you know. And, yeah, that, that may seem a little strange, but it did teach me a lot about different things. I, I learned a lot about um, the Catholic faith. I learned a lot about Judaism. Um, it became very, very interesting. But I knew that deep down, I mean, my beliefs were back towards basic Christianity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just didn't understand, though, again, why a lot of things happened the way they do. Um, got out of college, you know, ran with a relatively rough crowd, um, was at the bar pretty regularly, things like that. And I just decided that that just wasn't, you know, what I wanted out of my life. I wanted more, you know, deep down inside. I knew that there was a calling um, that I had. I didn't know what it was. I started attending the local church again uh, while I was there. Um, was asked to come to a singles dance, and I thought, okay, you know, because, you know, part of the reason I went back to church was I thought, you know, meet a better crop of women at church than I was at the bar, mm. and um, actually met my wife at the, at the first singles get there, gathering I went to, uh, which was a good thing. And a lot of people that had questions started questioning about me and about my faith and, and things, and, and one day the, the pastor said, you know, I'd like to talk to you. And I went into his office, and we, we'd become fairly good friends and things. And he, he'd talk to me different things about my beliefs and, 
and things. I talked to him about my struggles. And finally, you know, one day he just said, said you, know, um, you know, do you believe that Jesus is the way to heaven? And I said, yeah, I believe that, believe that all my life. I said, I just never have, you know, formally come out and said, hey, this, this, this is what I believe, and, um, and this is what I know to be true. You know, I mean, I was like a lot of kids. I was I was baptized when I was very young, which, you know, again, didn't mean a whole lot at the time because I had no idea why they were, you know, dumping me in water. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he yeah, just sat there in his office, had a lot of good conversations, and we talked about, you know, the things that happened and, and stuff more in my, in my life. And, and the one thing that I learned um, through all that and, and kind of understood to a point but struggled with is, you know, everything, you know, happens for a reason. We don't know why things happen. Um, but regardless, they do happen for a reason. And, and hopefully at some point in your life, you will figure out what those are. And I've, I've been a big believer pretty much since that time that it's all been preparing me for something in life. You know, I'm, what that final thing will be, I don't know. I mean, it's led me to several things, and I believe I'm where I'm supposed to be right now. I believe that God's led me to where I'm, and He wants me to be right now. And all I can do is follow what He's telling me. And if He closes one door, He'll open another one and move me to something else. We are talking with Joe Seacrest, again, uh, small-town Indiana guy, visually impaired, and quite an athlete in, in a number of different things. Um, we had talked earlier in the first segment that uh, he is a marathon Ironman um, guy right now, but he's he's been a skydiver. He's been uh, got really involved in Taekwondo and, and had a third-degree black belt was second in the world championships. And with all that going on, and it's interesting to me, Joe, when when Tom and I went back and forth um, and talking about you, he said, hey, make sure that that you, when you're talking about his testimony, that you talk about that day in the Baptist pastor's office. And then about being baptized in in church on Easter, (laughs) he said, hey, that's a a part of this, and it really should be out there. And uh, when he talks about his testimony, make sure you bring that up. Well, yeah, we, we decided that um, I was going to be rebaptized um, for real this time, is the way I looked at it, yeah. um, mm-hmm. on Easter. And I was going to be the only one baptized on Easter, and we were kind of making the service a little bit around me, you know, just the whole idea of, you know, um, this is the way to heaven, this is the way to God, and things. And, you know, we figured, you know, I mean, baptism takes five, maybe ten minutes at the most. And so we got in there, and we're, we're in the baptismal. And the pastor said, well, you know, I'd like you to tell your story. And I started talking, and just something took over in me. And basically I laid out a lot of my life, a lot of my story. I, I didn't tell a lot about um, the abuse that I went through, but I, I talked about a lot of struggles in my life and how I had to deal with those. And so much of the time I felt alone until I realized that, you know, I'm not alone, that I always have somebody with me, mm-hmm. um, just at a much higher level. Mm-hmm. And it ended up talking and, and um, kind of ended up preaching the message um, for the day. Hmm. And about 30 minutes later, um, I finished talking, and the pastor's like, you, I don't have a whole lot else to say. Um, you know, he went ahead and baptized me, and... 
he and um, his 45-minute service that he was supposed to get turned into about a 15-minute service. I've been there. Uh, I've been there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, Joe fits right in with you Baptist pastors, man. <laughs> going, you're going long, Joe. That's what Pastor Ken keeps doing. You, you, man, well, you fit right in with these guys. <laughs> well, well, what people told me in the church was, hey, that's the first time they've ever been able to get the pastor shut up for that long. So <laughs> I appreciate the fact that you know, I kept talking. Um, but it really ended up, I mean, it, it was really good because it opened up a lot of things. It got a lot of other people talking about their lives and stuff. Mm-hmm. And and I think that is part of our, our mission in life is, you know, you open up about yourself, and hopefully it's going to help other people open up about themselves and discover some things. Yeah. So, Joe, um, you know, we, we've talked to so many who, you know, had that that same background, grew up in church, you know, went to Sunday school class, you know, was in church and they, they, they knew it, they knew it kind of in their head. Um, but as far as making that their own personal decision, you know, they didn't do it till later in life or whatever. So I'm just, uh, was it right there in the pastor's office that that's where that, that whole decision of, Hey, I'm a sinner. I need Jesus Christ to save me from my sins. And I acknowledge it. I understand it. And was it right there at the office uh, with him that that's where you made that decision? That's where I announced it, you know, out yeah. loud. I mean, mm-hmm. again, it's something I knew in my heart, mm-hmm. but as far as actually verbalizing it to someone mm-hmm. and admitting it, um, yeah, it was right there. Um, you know, right there with him. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, I I totally think that was awesome that you went on ahead and said, hey, now I get baptized for the right reason that, hey, I may, you know, I want people to know that I have this relationship with Jesus Christ and I want to identify with him. And I think that that had to been a great baptism. And uh, I'm sure people at church still talk about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I still see our pastor every now and then, my old pastor now and then. And he, he always brings it up how I, you know, <laughs> stole his, stole his message. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, because, you, know, you know, I, and, you know, pastors, I know, you know, you know, you always put a lot of work into your sermons, but, you know, on Easter, things like that, you always you want that little bit extra, you know, and, and I just took his whole thunder away. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I could, you know, I can imagine. Give me grief for that. Yeah. Maybe I'll come up Easter Sunday this next. You know, I've asked you to come up several times. You came no. up one time and then one you time. said, then you go i'm done i'm not coming up and- hey, hey joe i'm the valet driver at uh at brookside baptist church and people are just now starting to trust me that i'm not going to take their car not going to steal it and look it's been six seven months since i've been arrested for auto theft so you would think <laughs> now i'm only kidding joe you don't know me but i there i'm finally starting to get some some people to trust me to park their cars. So. Oh, and, and I tell you what, Joe, it's hilarious. There's a uh, Edna Walls, uh, elderly lady in our church. Um, I told her, I said, you know, Mike talks about some of you ladies on Faith in the Zone that you know you're his girlfriend's over seventy. She goes, well, maybe I used to be, but I just sent him a Dear John letter the other day. I she, loved it. <laughs> Joe, she broke up with me. And I don't, she broke up with me because I was parking somebody else's car and didn't get to her quick enough. Man, she's rough. I thought it maybe is the half gas tank that she lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and that could be a problem as well. Guys, we've got to get to a break. We'll uh, we'll comment more on, on Joe's testimony. Our special guest today, Joe Seacrest. He is visually impaired. He is an athlete. Um, long distance runner. He's a marathon guy, an Iron Man. Uh, he owns a business, and he's done a number of things, including uh, he was a skydiver that had over a thousand jumps and a third degree black belt in taekwondo. 
second in the world championships, Pastor. That's second. phenomenal. That's phenomenal. Man, well, you didn't win it, yeah. so I guess you know. Yeah, but he's right. <laughs> he's right there. But I'm just excited about the skydiving, and I mean, man, he's wanting to take you. Well, if we do, you know what? Maybe I'll get a ring. We'll we'll spar a little bit, and then I'll jump out of a plane. I'm not doing any of that. He is Joe Seacrest, Pastor Ken Keller, Brookside Baptist Church. I'm Mike McGivern. You're listening to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brain Balance of Mequon. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Uh, welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Our special guest, he's Joe Seacrest. He is a guy from a small town in Indiana, visually impaired athlete. Also a business owner and all kinds of stuff that that he's doing. Hey, Joe, so tell us about um, the the business side of of what you're doing. And and I, again, listened to, to Tom Roy's podcast and I read a few things. Uh, this was not the business that you thought you were going to get into years ago, correct? No, I, I actually, when I went to college, I got a degree in recreation therapy where my goal was to work with people with disabilities. Um, I, When I was at Indiana University, I developed their sports program for the disabled, and that, that was my interest is helping all kinds of people to achieve their dream in sports like I had been you know, working to achieve my dreams. Um, when I got out of college, my dad needed some help. He just went through a very bad divorce, uh, needed some help with his business. And I said, well, I can give you, you know, a few months before I have to start a new job. And that was 33 years ago. Hmm. So a few months turned into 33 years. I recently purchased the business, um, and, you know, run it, you know, for the rest of my life, probably. What kind, what Um, kind of work is it? Uh, or what kind it, of business I, it, is it? It, it? It's a small um, distribution company for building materials. Hmm, okay. How many? Um, how many employees? Six. Wow. So, yeah, we're just we're just a small company out in the middle of nowhere, but we we cover about a hundred mile radius of ourselves, and um, you know, basically, we founded the business on you know on honesty, taking care of our customers. That you know, our customers are on, and our employees come first um, as far as business is concerned. And you know you treat people right, and they're going to hopefully treat you right. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's uh, that's I think a good motto to 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 certainly go to go to business with, and and if you can continue through that, yeah, the the customers that you have will always be your customers, right? Yep, and I always tell people I'm never going to be rich because I'm going to go and I'm going to do the extra things that I need to do. So financially, I'm never going to be rich. You know, but I know that I can sleep at night and, you know, that's what matters to me. I mean, I, I, I want to be able to go home at night saying, you know what, I did the right thing. Hey, Joe, uh, and that is important, uh, especially uh, as a believer, that that's the, the testimony uh, that you have now as a believer in Christ. Uh, my question after, so after you got baptized and uh, on that Easter Sunday and uh, how? Just take me through, just briefly, how the Lord has used your life, or how you've been able to connect with people to 
you know, to, to let them know that there is a way through Jesus Christ that you can live with God one day? You know, I try to, I mean, more live it than, than um, speak it or preach it to people. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think, you know, we live in a country that a lot of people, you know, like to talk the talk, mm-hmm. but they don't walk the walk. Yeah, and I want to live it the other way. I want to, I want to live the right kind of life, and set the example that, you know, living the right kind of life, living a, a godly life is okay. And we have so many people who have heroes these days, and those heroes may be a good hero and they may be a bad hero. And you know, I don't want to be a hero. I just want to be somebody that. You know, people can look at me and say, you know what, he lives a good Christian life, and that's the way I want to live. You know, and I do talk to a lot of people. I work with a lot of groups and things. I work with a lot of kids. I coach um, high school football, coached high school trap for several years. And when the opportunities arise, which obviously you have to be cautious how you mm-hmm. approach things in the school yep. systems, mm-hmm. but when they would arise, you know, I wouldn't hesitate to, to talk to kids about, about their beliefs and to tell them, you know, it's okay. You know, and one thing I would tell them is, you know, I, I get it that it's hard to sometimes talk about your faith among your friends, but it's not hard to live your faith. And it's more important to live it than to talk about it. And when you, when you let kids know that it's okay um, to, li- to live, you know, um, by God's Word and to be faithful, you know, it, it kind of like lets a lot of pressure off of them that, I don't have to go out. I don't have to be the one that's out at um, you know, the prayer by the by the um, flag and things like that. But I can still live that kind of life, and it takes a little pressure off of them. Yeah, you know, Joe, that's interesting. Uh, most people, if they don't live it, they sure don't talk it. Uh, as right. far as uh, hey, I made this decision to put my faith and trust in Christ. But uh, it, it is, in, it's very encouraging. Again, with what Christ has commanded us to do, that if if a person is living it, and they do, and there there is a difference in their life, that man, now you have the platform to actually share it with. Uh, hey, look, you know, because I think a lot of people are looking for answers today, and I, and I think Mike, you've seen that with even Faith in the Zone and the number of guests that we've had. Everyone has a different story of how they came to know Christ. Um, but I think people are really, especially in this day when they're, you know, people are saying, hey, the world's going to be over in 12 years, 14 years, whatever. Uh, well, what's going to happen to us? You know, and I think uh, when you when you have people who live it like you do, oh, wow, that is a great that's a great platform hey, pa- to talk. It. Pastor, you know what, what it reminds me of, you know, when we've had a number of uh, baseball players who said, you know, I, I went from double A AA to triple A or I got traded and I went into, you know, the locker room and I have been sitting next to this guy and I'd heard that, you know, he was a so-called Bible thumper, but he never talked about it. But I watched the way he acted and I watched the way he took in baseball. You you know, you, you if you if you hit three out of ten, you're going to be in the Hall of Fame. So you're failing a lot. And he said, I watched how he handled failure on a daily basis. And that's that's what made me go up to him to say, look, you got to you got to tell me 
you got to talk to me about this because you're handling this way better than anybody I've ever seen. And the, and, and and it took that guy to go to him to talk. So similar to what mm-hmm. Joe was saying, look, it's the way he's walking that people are going to know. They're, they're noticing. They might not talk to him about it, mm-hmm. but they certainly are watching him as the as the owner of this company on how he's handling that part of this. Yeah, right? and, yeah, and even how you're coaching. You know, if you're coaching high school kids, I mean that that's huge. And uh, it just reminds me too of Tom Roy um, when he was with the Giants in spring training. And remember they put, they put him in a hotel room and he thought, hey man, this is gonna be cool. But then they walked in and his bunk beds in there. Yeah, four bunk beds. Yeah, that first night. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and he said he got up the next day and three of those guys they're all there studying their Bibles. <laughs> he thought that everybody in Major League. He said, man, this is great. Everybody in Major League Baseball does this. He found out quickly that 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 was not the case. Hey Joe, when when um, in the things that you've done uh, with with a- athletics as far as you know being a skydiver or the taekwondo or now with the marathon and ironman do, do you are you asked or do, do you get a chance to utilize those platforms um at times to be able to talk about your faith we do and i work with a group called my team triumph which uh we push um people with disabilities in wheelchairs in races and you know i end up talking a lot to families there about that about you know um, what I see that they're doing with their own children or their, you know, people are taking care of. And we, we end up talking a lot about faith and, you know, the struggles that they're going through, you know, ha- having a child, you know, with a major disability, but how, you know, God is, is using that. Um, we just actually had a, a young man pass away. Um, one of our athletes passed away about three weeks ago. And one of the testimonies, or all the testimonies, I should say, that came out of that from people were, it, it was amazing what he brought to everyone around us as far as his faith. Uh, it was a boy with severe autism that had the, the strongest faith he would ever want, and how he, through his faith, you know, was able to bring you know, so many people to understanding uh, about God's love. And, and I use that a lot, you know, those kinds of things a lot to, to talk to people. Um, you know, God puts us in situations that we don't understand, but he's doing it for a reason, and it's how we use it. Hey, um, yeah. hey Joe, I'm sorry, before we get to a break, and, and we're only going to have a few minutes in the last break, and I, I thank you for sharing that story. Um, you had said earlier on about your wife, what is your wife's name? Lisa. Lisa, do you have kids? Yeah, um, I have a son, Christopher, who's almost 21, and a daughter, Megan, who is 8. 21 and 8? Yeah, well, the 8-year-old was not expected. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. Good yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah it, 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 I, I, I can say that now. And, um, <laughs> you know, 8 years ago, I wasn't saying that. No, maybe the Lord didn't think you were busy enough, young man. Maybe that's well, what the deal is. You know, and I, and I tell people, you know, he gave me her for a reason. Um, either to kill me or to keep me alive. <laughs> and um, from day to day, I'm not sure which, but, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a huge blessing. And uh, she's actually taught, taught me a lot about myself, and, and I've learned a lot of things about patience, having an 8-year-old at 57 years old. Man, well, that's that's awesome. Our guest uh, for the Terror Hour, Joe Seacrest, again, visually impaired athlete, uh, legally blind, 
and he uh, he is a marathon runner, an Ironman uh, competitor, owns a business, and he's done a lot of different things. And I know, Pastor, in that last segment, you're going to ask him. You're going to ask him, what, you know, give us Me- your favorite part. Yeah, What's his most memorable athletic thing he's done? And we're going to find that out on the other side of the break. And I got to tell you, you know, Megan and Chris, Christopher, uh, Christopher 21 often and, and probably doing his stuff. But Megan at eight, I love that where he said that. Look, I don't know if the Lord was what what a sense of humor the Lord has. Oh, yeah. Eight years old, that's that's awesome. Again, he is Joe Seacrest. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio one hundred five seven FM. The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church, our special guest. Man, he's a good guy. Yeah. He's a good one. Enjoyed it. And I, you know what? I wish he did live closer. There's a lot of things we could get involved with with Joe. You could you could get in the ring with him. I'll jump out of a plane with him. <laughs> I'm not going to do the bike or run, but I'll swim that Ironman part of it. Yeah. He is Joe Seacrest. Again, visually impaired. He is uh, legally blind, but he's he got a lot going on. Got beautiful wife, Lisa, two kids, Christopher and Megan. And uh, Pastor, fourth segment. Uh, you enjoy asking guys their 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 best memory of of sports. He's he's I think he's probably got a lot of them. Yeah, whether it's in coaching or uh, participation or whatever. What what is it that stands out to you, Joe? About well, that that was really memorable. That that was a neat opportunity or a neat experience. Well, probably you know a couple things. Um, one on the coaching side is just the, the standing with an athlete and talking to them about how things went good or bad and just having those you know personal conversations with them i mean that just to me that means a lot um on my own side when i got back to running um several years ago um after about a 30-year hiatus um due to injuries uh my first race i did was a was a half marathon 13.1 miles and i remember starting the race out um took off like i did 30 years prior to that, um, <laughs> realized a couple of miles in that um, I better slow down or die, one of the two, and I decided for that day I'll slow down. And But I remember running, running the race, um, probably one of the most agonizing races I had done at that point in my life, and I had run marathons and things, but this was actually really, really tough getting back into it, um, a lot of pain and things. But I remember finishing the race and going through all the going through the shoot and stuff, the finish shoot, making my way to my family, and I was in you know basically about in tears. And my wife looked at me and she said, "Are you doing? Are you okay? Do we need to go to the bed tent?" Because um, she knew I was in a lot of pain. And I said, "No, I'm I'm fine. I'm fine." She says, "You look like you're getting ready to break down and cry." And I was holding my daughter at the time. Um, she would have been about like one. And I said, "You don't understand." I just finished a race on my own for me. I didn't race for Team USA. I didn't race for a corporation or another team, anything like that. I just did a race 
you know, for me, just out of the sheer willpower that I wanted to finish it. And that meant a huge amount to me because I didn't think I could ever come back and run like that again. Um, then move fast forward seven years, um, training for an Ironman competition, uh, what it went into training for that, and then the feeling of crossing that finish line um, and realizing that we just won our division. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm going to be standing on the podium in a few minutes, you know, accepting, uh, you know, a major award that I have never thought that I would ever get again in my life. Oh, praise um, the Lord. Huh? Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, just, just knowing, you know, I mean, I beat the odds. Um, and you know, and I talk about, and I think people are guilty about, it. I mean, I say that I did it, you know, I did it and stuff like that. But obviously, I mean, God put me in that position to, to do that to be able to share my story with other people, what it took to get there and the struggles I went through. Um, and I think the, probably the thing that means the most to me in, in sports today and, and what I'm doing in sports is the fact that it gives me the opportunity to share with people, you know, my, my, my beliefs that, you know, anything is possible. You know, I, I live with the motto that in life you adapt, you overcome and you live life. And, and, and I try to share that with people about, you know, there, everybody out there has a problem. You know, it may be an addiction. It may be a physical problem, a mental problem. Everybody has a problem. It's what you choose to do with it. And, you know, does it control you or do you take control and control it? And, and that's what I try to share with people. And, and, and through Sports Day, that's, that's one of my big goals um, is that people know. There is hope. Yeah. You, you have hope in the fact that, yes, give it your all. You can do some, something. And you have hope in the fact that, you know, even if you don't, God's still there with you. Abs and yeah, he, absolutely. He's not looking at if you're winning or losing. He's looking at, you know, that you're following what he wants you to do. Yeah, exactly right, Joe. Hey, uh, just one quick last question for you. What, what's your next race you're going to? Um, I have a lot of just like 5Ks, 10K races and stuff where I'll be pushing wheelchairs. I do about probably about 15 to 20 races a year that I push wheelchairs in. Um, then we'll start we'll start in triathlons, um, Memorial Weekend, and race all summer long. Um, probably doing seven or eight sprint triathlons and at least uh, right now probably two Ironman triathlons. Wow. I'm, I'm just hoping to go – you know, get to my car at the end of work. He is Joe Seacrest, and, and what a great guest. Again, I want to thank Tom Roy uh, for, for introducing us. And, and Joe, if uh, there's anything you need from a couple of uh, goofballs up here in Milwaukee, like Pastor Ken and myself, <laughs> if you're ever doing a race up here and and, uh, and you want to go have lunch or you need a church to go to that Sunday, man, you can come back and sit in the back with me at Brookside Baptist Church and and uh, we will uh, we will listen to Pastor Ken. He's a heck of a preacher. All kidding aside, he's a really good head pastor at Brookside Baptist. So, Joe, thanks a lot for your time, and uh, certainly give Lisa a hug. Have uh, pray for patience with Megan, and I'm sure Christopher's <laughs> doing great. Thank, hey, Joe, thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you, sir. Thank you. you got thanks it. You, you've been listening to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. 
To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip for a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people of sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Was it really amazing grace? Now I know for certain, Lord, it was you that rescued me. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.